Hey friends, welcome to the Retro Game Guys podcast and the 10th episode of our second season. I'm your host, Dustin, and I'm joined by my three good friends, the retro gaming guru, Zach. Rock and roll. The infrequent gamer, Alex. That's me. And the obsessive collector, JP. Collect them all. Woohoo! It's good to see you guys over our little Zoom call going here. Yeah. Um, as uh, so, it's this is our second remote podcast as we remain sheltered in place here in California. Judging by our socials, people seem to like the remote format, so that's a good sign. Uh, we'll keep doing the podcast remotely as long as we have to, but hoping that the four of us will be back together in person before too long. Uh, so, well, with that, uh, how about we move on to some updates, there, Zach? You got it. Uh, so in our last episode, Alex made absolutely no attempt to hide his disgust and disdain what? for Wizards and Warriors How would on the know? NES. I wasn't cut out like 90% of that episode. I went off. I went off. It was like some you of my best off. stuff. And uh, I guess I'm going to have to go to the cuttingroomfloor.com to go listen to it. <laughs> I did cut out the second hour of your rant. That is yeah. true. Well, that's uh, a well, after- game. <laughs> well, after we recorded, I finally got my copy of the Japanese version of Wizards and Warriors called Densetsu no Kishi Elrond. And Alex, get this. I actually think you would like this version yeah. or uh, maybe just hate it less. No, I, I saw your updates on the Twitter machine and uh, and from what you said and how you described it, I think I think everyone, I think the world would have liked that game. <laughs> I think um, I do. So well, I'm, glad it, I'm glad it. it exists. Yeah, me too. So in our episode, to remind everybody, we talked about how this version came out after the U.S. release and how developer Rare's changes to the game felt more like fixes than localization. So after playing it, I can tell you that's exactly what they did. They tried yeah. to fix a kind of broken game. So let me give you a few examples. They stripped out lots of enemies in the game, so you rarely ever get swarmed. And as you guys remember, that was a big problem, right? Yeah. In the U.S. release, you're constantly getting swarmed. Um, we talked about those little daggers and axes that were like rare in the U.S. version. You didn't ever see those dang things. They were all over the place in the in the Japan version. The little hmm. daggers and axes that would extend your weapon. Hmm. So you actually have a chance to upgrade your weapon, which is awesome. Um, the special weapons that shoot projectiles, they all auto fire. So you don't have to hit select all clumsy like the Wand of Wonder and all that just shoots like as you swing your sword. So oh, that's wow. helpful. Hold and, on, uh, hold on. Yeah, yeah. The special weapons fire when you when you fire your regular weapon? Yes. <sighs> Unbelievable. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, awesome, right? Right? That would have changed so much in the game. Yeah. But the best <laughs> oh part my by far is the health system. So in uh, the U.S. version, you get like measly like 12 bars of health and uh, that depletes like every two minutes like we were talking about. Yeah. So in Elrond, you start with 1,500 hit points and you can actually stack more health as you pick up food. And by the way, food is more abundant. So your guy just gets a ton of health. He rarely dies. And of course, that's great because you don't have to hear that god-awful near-death <laughs> music. Uh, more than like, I think I heard it like maybe three or four times in the game total. Well, you know what that so. tells me? This tells me that uh, the Japanese are weak. They can't take it. <laughs> they can't that's take what, that's the They can't take the tough game. The original, they all know the pain. They'll never know. The I think that means and, the Japanese are smart, not, not right. weak. Well, and, and, um, to that they would, and to that, they would raise you Super Mario Brothers 2, where they said, you oh, know what? You gosh. guys had to change that game because <laughs> you couldn't handle the real Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, last on this point here. Uh, one interesting happening while I was playing Elrond was I got to the last boss. 
I had 800,000 points, which is actually possible in this game because you're not dying every four seconds. And I was like so excited to send you guys a picture of me beating the last boss and getting over a million points. I go to fight the boss and for some reason he's a little harder. I don't know why. Something you're through weapon feels like it doesn't cut through him the same or something. So I actually beat the last boss. I put the controller down to take a picture. And then all of a sudden these boulders start raining from the ceiling ah. and they kill my guy. False ending. And I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> and that doesn't exist in the US version. So after you beat the last boss in, the, in, the, in Elrond, this is like trap comes down and kills your guy. So that's then, like yeah. a Strider, right? We didn't, we, that was a game we did re- recently where that happened, right? Where there was oh, false gosh. endings of bosses. Yes. Uh, yeah. God, what other game was like that? There was another one too. Like um, Donkey Kong Country was like oh, that. Okay. Remember you, build, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you kill the last guy and then he comes back to life. Yep. But yeah, say, same thing. And and uh, so, yeah. So then I had to fight the guy like 10 more times to beat him. So hmm. that, that oh. part sucked. But overall, great experience. And Alex, Interesting. try it again. I would say try it again. You can, come, mm. you can borrow my copy. I'm good. <laughs> I'll wipe it down. I feel like I just—I feel like I've just experienced it through your uh, fantastic uh, description of. I'd of like to check it out. I, that sounds really interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Well, lastly, for me, on behalf of the retro game guys, I wanted to share our heartfelt thanks to all of our listeners and families working in healthcare, grocery delivery, and those who power all the essential services that we rely on every day. The guys and I wouldn't be able to provide for our families, and we certainly would not be able to make this little podcast without you. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you, and we love you. So please be safe, everybody. Thank you. Absolutely. Those are my updates. All right. Thanks, Zach. Uh, Just a quick note for me to wrap up our updates and recognize a couple of countries showing our podcast some love from around the world. So welcome to those of you listening in from Malaysia and Croatia. Greetings, and I hope you've been enjoying our little corner of retro gaming fun. Just a fun fact about Croatia, by the way. Okay. <laughs> the, so Do tell. I was curious, like, uh, what's going on in Croatia? And I found out that Doodle Jump, you guys know that game? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, developed there. 15 million downloads on mobile devices. And there was actually even like a Redemption arcade game, like at Chuck E. Cheese's and that kind of stuff. Where Doodle okay, Jump, yeah. So oh, yeah, I've seen that. That came out of Croatia. And Malaysia, by the way, if you're curious... <laughs> They're actually a, a video game uh, development hotbed. Uh, J, one of JP's favorite games, uh, Uncharted 4, was developed there. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, or as I like to call it, Hanging from Your Fingernails 4, which you do like night <laughs> of the game. Uh, Street Fighter 5, Mortal Kombat X, Dark Souls 3, the list goes on and on, all developed in Malaysia. All right. Uh, th- <laughs> Thanks, Cliff Clavin. Um, <laughs> oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> Little-known facts. Little-known facts, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Now let's get into the show. For this episode, we are covering the racing simulation game Super Monaco GP for the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive. If you would like to give Super Monaco GP a play before listening to the rest of this episode, uh, you can grab the original Genesis or Mega Drive cartridge for pretty cheap, about $6 loose and only $12 CIB. There's also a Game Gear version you can pick up for two bucks loose. Uh, Sega also ported Super Monaco GP to a few home computer systems, including Zach's new favorite, the Commodore 64, as well as the Atari ST. Um, Unfortunately, the game doesn't seem to have made the cut for any of the Sega uh, Genesis Mini or any of the other newer package systems. So emulation would be your last option with all the legal considerations that you know of by now. So in this Super Monaco GP episode of the Retro Game Guys podcast, Zach will take us through the history of the game. We'll hear about memories of the game from our community and the guys here in the virtual room. 
We'll chat about our experiences replaying the game, and we'll also see if anyone can end Zach's 20-month win streak in our score competition. Wow, 20 months, almost two years of hashtag the streak. That's right. Excellent. Um, Although, like we've uh, said before, JP is good at racing games, so you never know. Uh, JP, if you end the streak tonight, you're going to earn a new nickname, Super Monaco JP. <laughs> oh, boy. So let's make like it happen. that one. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's see. All right. Uh, after that, we'll take a quick peek at the world of collecting with this month's Crazy Collectible, and we'll wrap with our retro game giveaway where someone will win an original copy of Super Monaco GP. And if you want to win our next retro game giveaway, like last episode's winner, at retro underscore specs, follow at retro game guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Before each episode, we ask for your memories of our featured game, and we pick the winner from those responses. Now to kick off this episode, here's Zach to give us a little bit of the background, history, and interesting facts about Super Monaco GP. All right. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. So Super Monaco GP is, I want to say Super Monaco JP again. Oh my God, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> no, it's going to be stuck. Oh, geez. Super Monaco GP, uh, it's a Formula One racing sim game developed and published by Sega, and it first appeared in the arcades in Japan in 1989. The Super Monaco GP arcade was met with immediate and immense success, quickly becoming Japan's number one money-making arcade title. Uh, by the way, any guesses on what arcade was the second highest money-maker at the time? Uh, Sailor Moon, the arcade game. <laughs> no. Anything Pachinko. <laughs> no. Pachinko Hot Panic 2. No. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. That was not it. It's actually Tetris. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And uh, to our listeners, if you love Tetris, check out Season 1, Episode 5 from the archives. Where, Dustin, we talked about uh, your buddy James, a.k.a. Mr. Tetris. That's right. Who was a regional winner of the Nintendo World Championships back in 1990. Uh, that was a fun one. That was very cool. Uh, by the way, I still need to go head-to-head with Mr. Tetris on Tetris, so we got to make that happen. Oh, great. Now I'm going to hear about this from him. He, he, he hates <laughs> when I involve him in challenges. He's like, man... <laughs> Here he comes, Tetris 99 or whatever that game was. We can, we that's can right, it. that's right. All right, so going back to Super Monaco GP, the success of the arcade game prompted Sega to quickly port the game to home systems. In August of 1990, the Japan Mega Drive version was released, followed by the U.S. version a month later in September, and Europe got theirs in January the following year. Now, Super Monaco GP was developed by a group of rock star video game developers, several of whom would later join Sonic Team Sega's A-list development team. And of course, they were the ones that pumped out all those great classic Sega titles, or Sonic titles, I should say. Uh, and you like this one, Dustin. At least uh, two of the programmers, Takahiro Hamano, credited as Ham Tak, <laughs> and Masahiro Wakayama, credited as M. Waka, they also worked on Golden Axe. Oh, nice. Love that yeah. game. What, what went wrong? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. So let's continue. Uh, Super Monaco GP consisted of three main modes. So there's a free practice mode where you can run your car on various tracks without the stress of the race environment. Um, there'll still be stress, by the way, because you still have to make the turns. But uh, at any rate, there's no one uh, trying to run you off the road. Uh, there's a mode that's aptly titled uh, Super Monaco GP, which is a fairly faithful recreation of the arcade version of the game. So there's just one track, a reimagined version of the real-life Circuit de Monaco. And in this mode, you start with a qualifying round and then a three-lap race. Now, during the race, you need to keep a minimum position or you will fail when you cross the finish line on any lap. And that position threshold raises throughout the race as you pass checkpoints. So it keeps getting higher and higher to keep the pressure on. And by the way, this is uh, no Mario Kart, so you're not going to get an item or something to help you catch up quickly. 
It takes serious driving skill and patience to get ahead and stay ahead in the arcade mode. Mm-hmm. And the final and main mode is World Championship, where you take on a season or two of F1 racing and aim to win the season championship. So one of the fun things about Super Monaco GP is that it borrows from the real Formula One, even beyond the reimagined Circuit de Monaco. For example, there's 15 more tracks that emulate the real F1 circuit that existed at the time. So the race schedule is loosely based on the real-life 1989 F1 season, and even the race teams are based on real-life teams, just with uh, fictitious names. Some of the names are close to the real ones, though, like Ferenzi for Ferrari, Losel for Lotus, and the team you start with, Minaret for Minardi. In the the World Championship mode, you compete in a 16-race season, aiming to earn the most driver points and win the coveted world title. Uh, to compete, you'll need to challenge other drivers by selecting one of them as your rival. I love this mode, by the way. Um, if you defeat your... <laughs> I'm probably <laughs> lower than that, right? Yes. Uh, if you defeat your rival in two consecutive races, you will get an invite to replace them on their race team. This gets you a better car, which you should which should improve your overall performance, but the rest is up to you. Uh, there's a, <laughs> so there's no guarantees in this game. Hmm. Uh, there's 16 drivers that are broken up into four performance categories. And it's best to pick a rival that will present a challenge, but is not too far out of your league. Otherwise, you'll lose the race and you'll delay your ability to gain driver points. Even more challenging is that the other drivers can pick you as a rival. And if you lose enough, you get booted (laughs) off your team and actually will slide down the team roster. And if you lose enough, you'll find yourself on Team Zero Force, whose team photo has only a few crew and a large puddle by their race trailer. Poor Zero Force. Uh, also, uh, I don't know if the rest of you discovered this, but not only do you, can you lose enough and find yourself on team zero force, but you can lose enough and get <laughs> booted from the season. The Are first few playthroughs I didn't, didn't even that. finish the season. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say to you when they kick, when they, oh, uh, you, uh, I took a picture. I think it says you really are a poor driver. <laughs> <laughs> it's super insulting. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But yeah. So, if you, so oh you're saying God. if you lose with zero force enough, they just say, forget it. Yeah. Wow. It says, that's you great. are of no use to your, to our, oh no, that's the other one. Uh, you really are a poor driver. That's the zero force one. Oh yeah, here we are. Yeah. You really are a poor driver. Game over. Wow. Dustin, <laughs> you really are a poor driver. <laughs> didn't know I'm that. not, and we'll get into that. I'm good at All racing right. games. I thought... All right. Well, to me, anyway, the rival system adds a fun strategic component because as you get better, you'll notice that you can choose much better drivers sooner and you can ladder up faster. And yeah, so try not to get that insult and lose the game quickly. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of teams, the ultimate prize is to beat driver ASCLIN and take his spot on Team Madonna. So this will give you the best car. Now, while you should cherish the opportunity to have a holiday and live it up like a material girl, the team sadly has nothing to do with the singer Madonna. You guys like that? You can thank Dustin for that joke, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. JP is just like not having it right now. He's (laughs) shaking his head right now. That's great. Uh, I'll continue. So like the other team teams, Madonna is just a play on the real life team. In this case, McLaren. So uh, getting on Team Madonna is not easy. You could even say that you'll need something like a prayer to get you there. Mm. Boom. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you're saying saying, saying Madonna's not easy to get in? (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you're looking to get into the... (laughs) 
if you're, if you're lucky enough to get on Madonna, I mean, get on Team Madonna, uh, <laughs> win season one of the championship. I'm going to continue quickly. Uh, you'll immediately start the second and final season. And this is where the game takes a cruel turn. Oh, so it's first cruel turn, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, totally right. <laughs> cruel turn. That's just the, yeah, that's the whole game, right? Every turn yeah. in the game is a cruel turn. Uh, after qualifying <laughs> for the first race, you'll be directly challenged by a new driver named G Ciara who is virtually impossible to beat. So I ha- I heard it can be done. I think I saw a YouTube video out there, um, but you have to essentially race a perfect race. Um, although listener at Avenger Road, he on Twitter said that he beat GCRA to the finish line, but then his rival somehow got the credit for first place. So I don't know what's going on there. Maybe there is what? a little bit of an unfair advantage. But um, to most players, inevitably, you're going to lose two races to GCRA. And you'll be air unceremoniously dumped by Madonna. So you can feel just like how Warren Betty felt after Dick Tracy. Oh my God. That was the joke. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. That's, that's, I know nothing that's a joke about, about you old people out there. Warren Beatty. So he got dumped. So tell me now. I, I, I did not know about this. Yeah, they dated during act. Dick Tracy. And then at the end of the filming, they went their separate ways. We'll put it that way. Interesting. Sooner Shocker. or later. That's a great tune, though. Sooner or later by Madonna. Very good tune. I was thinking, sooner or later. Whatever this no, that's different. <laughs> oh, I know what song that is. Anyway, uh, so after getting dumped, like Warren Beatty, you'll be picked up by Team Darden, which mm. is two ranks down from the top teams. So you're kind of like starting over like season one. Mm. From this spot, the goal is to get back to the top and win the title once more. Sadly, though, no matter how many times you beat G Sierra, He'll never get booted from Team Madonna. So the top spot for you then becomes Frenzy. They're like the second place team, though. So they're actually not that bad. Not, not a bad car. Um, now, luckily, GCR is nowhere near as challenging as he is in the first couple of races. So once you work your way up to Frenzy, you should be able to take him down pretty easily. Win season two and you complete the game. Congratulations. Uh, and I know you all did. Uh, by, the, <laughs> by the way, I, I got to the end of the game, but that's in a different, that's a different yeah, story. <laughs> you really are a terrible driver. Uh, by the way, apparently a GCR was a pattern after real life F1 champion, uh, Ayrton Senna, who we will talk about in a few minutes. Mm. Uh, a very important part of Super Monaco GP is the music and sometimes the lack thereof. So there's no music when any of the, in any of the race modes, which adds to the racing realism as it enhances the sound of the engines, which kind of sound like bees. Did you guys pick up on that? Like in all the cars, swarm of bees, uh, the tires squeaking and oftentimes the sound of you crashing head on. <laughs> Into a trackside sign, which will end your race immediately. You know how demoralizing that is to do in the practice mode. You're like, all right, I'm gonna get the practice lap in. And it's like you destroy your car. It's like, should I? Should I just give up now? It's very <laughs> dramatic too, because like this, like this, this like sad music, dun 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 dun, dun yeah. and then the game over. Big spins old retire, on the screen, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like watching the wheel fly into the air when I crashed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so the music comes in uh, before and after the races, often adding a dramatic flourish to your victory or defeat. Uh, the music was composed by Tokuhiko Uwabo, credited as simply Bo. And uh, Mr. Bo is also known for his work on other Genesis hits, such as Michael Jackson's Moonwalker and Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which was another game that apparently involved Michael Jackson, as we talked about in our live Sonic episode. Check that out. Um, with that, let's take a break and listen to a track from Super Monaco GP. And uh, can we please play one of the like winning music tracks? Because I've never heard that. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, that was Super Monaco JP or J. I mean GP. See, I did it again. Gosh, <laughs> um, how about that keyboard solo, man? That was oh yeah, that was hot licks. That was hot. That was rocking. Man, coming in hot. That guy was happy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the eighties. Huh? We we probably can take a guess about how he yeah. was happy. I really hope that he played that on a keytar. That's all I got. Yes, say. yes, with a with a, with a keytar tie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be great. He's rocking out in the studio by himself with a guitar just tumbling over the Throw, throws the tie the over his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> he's rocking too hard. He's got the neon sided sunglasses on. He's like, Whoo, I can't I can't stop now. Yeah, the sunglasses <laughs> with like the they're like angled with like one's a different color than the other, you know, they're like very Yeah. Or they got that little lightning bolt kind of look way going down or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I couldn't describe it properly, but like, yeah. Is he uh, wearing a Zeke Cavaricis while he's doing this? There you go. That's more 90s. Well, no, that's actually right now. This is 90 ish, 89, 90. That's probably when it came in. Yeah. For that handoff. Anyway, great music. I do really dig the music in this game. I will have to say it is cool. It is very cool. Uh, Now, upon release, the Sega Genesis version of Super Monaco GP uh, was met with near universal acclaim. A month before uh, EGM had put out its official review of the game, it had already won their best sports-themed Game of the Year award for 1990, which, hmm. by the way, kind of sounds like something Nintendo Power would do. It's like, game's not even out yet. It's a winner. Put it on <laughs> it's the best. The it's the best. You're going to love it. Buy it. Uh, and also, on another side note, uh, EGM's overall Game of the Year in 1990 was Strider, which hmm. is another Retro Game Guys episode you should check out. Ching 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 ching. You beat me to it. Yeah, <laughs> really selling that back catalog, aren't we today? I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of references today. Yep. Makes sense. This game is tied into a lot of other ones. Exactly. That was actually something I think I texted you about, Dustin. Was I was I was doing research. I was like, yeah, man, it's so neat because you end up seeing the game, the game's histories, you know, coming together. The certain people that work on multiple games, and it's really cool. Yeah. Now, in their November 1990 issue, the review crew at Electronic Gaming Monthly gave us a little more insight into why Super Monaco GP won their Sports Game of the Year award. Two reviewers gave Super Monaco GP perfect tens, which, mm. by the way, was unheard of at the time. Uh, in fact, a quick glance through EGM archives, I only found one other Genesis game that received two tens, and that was Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty big deal. One uh, reviewer of Super Monaco GP proclaimed, there's nothing more realistic on any system <laughs> ever. <laughs> In the history of mankind, I mean, uh-huh. uh, another game <laughs> is that what they were going for on those uh, old platforms? Realism, that's right. Shocker, yeah. Life is 16 bit, didn't you? That's know right, it? <laughs> it's pretty realistic for the time. We'll get to that, yeah. Uh, another gave uh, readers tips along the way saying start on automatic, learn the tracks first on free practice, which is sound yes. advice, <laughs> it's yes. really good advice. Uh, other comments included totally realistic control and feel of formula car racing. I got fired by three different teams. <laughs> <laughs> Qualify like Senna, race like Prost, quit like Mansell. I don't know that reference, but I'll look it up. Uh, I know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, try not to scrub off speed. Be smooth and you could be world champion. I just realized my problem. I am the least smooth person that I know. So there you go. Yeah. And you quit like Nigel Mansell, apparently. I don't know, whatever that means. <laughs> or got fired. Uh, so when you add it all up, Super Monaco GP received a whopping 38 out of a possible 40 
points. Again, not bad for a sports game, a racing game nonetheless. Oh, absolutely. You got to think that, it, you know, this is early in uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly's run. Like, I think this is maybe just about a year after they started uh, uh, running the magazine out. And especially then, but even for the first few years of EGM, they never gave out very many tens. It was hard. You'd be hard pressed to find a game that had three nines. Um, so exactly. they, just to see, and like, like Zach was saying, this and Sonic the Hedgehog 3 were really the only ones we could find that the Genesis got that were on the Genesis that got two tens. So, you know, for this game to hit that, that really meant something back then. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I know that EGM, by the way, because I've you know, collected issues for years, they were actually proud of the fact that they were hard on games. You know, some of like the letters from the editor when you like first open the magazine and they were talk all about that and how like game developers would reach out to them and game studios would reach out to them and say, Hey, like, why did you give our game a crappy review? <laughs> right. It's obviously going to affect sales. And they were like, Hey, if it's a crappy game, we're going to give it a crappy review. So yeah, two tens, that was pretty unheard of. I still want someone to, and maybe it's out there somewhere to list every review given by EGM in their entire run. Cause it'd be really fun to like sort it and see what like the top 10 best review games of all time from EGM was. That'd be really cool. So if it's out there, someone let us know. Uh, interestingly, the uh, Sega Master System, System version that came out just a few months earlier was pretty much panned by EGM, so received a total of 19 out of 40 from the review <laughs> crew. So it's clear that the game needed that Mega Drive power. Um, I haven't played that one yet, and uh, maybe I won't. Uh, <laughs> as for the legacy of Super Monaco a GP, the game was followed up in 1992 by the sequel Ayrton Senna's Super Monaco GP 2, which followed much of the same formula as the first game, uh, with the addition of input during development from the aforementioned Brazilian racing legend Ayrton Senna. While well-received by critics, it unfortunately did not capture the magic of the first game. Um, and as many of us know, Ayrton Senna was killed in a tragic on-track accident in 1994. Yeah. It caused national heartbreak in its home country of Brazil and the global racing community. Uh, in fact, JP, I think you were the one that turned me on to that documentary called Senna. Oh yeah. Um, where they, and I didn't know much of anything about him and I was just so gripped by his whole story and how yeah. just, you know, yeah. cra a courageous like, slash crazy he was. Right. Oh yeah. That documentary, like, you know, not too much of a sidebar, but that's uh, our listeners should check that documentary out. Even yeah. if you don't like racing or cars, it's just a fantastic documentary because it's more about the person. Definitely the racing is important, but it's about him and how he was, big on his family and community and helping people and everything just amazing plus he was just phenomenal on the track guy was just, oh, yeah. just yeah. really really good racer i've actually never seen that documentary but i do know of him I, i've been a pretty big racing fan over my my life i, I was not huge into formula one but his his death still hit my radar and the story of that whole weekend if the documentary i'm sure the documentary oh, of course you know, touches yeah. on that whether there, there was already a death and he was wor yeah. worried and there were mm -hmm. so many like just kind of ominous signs leading up to to that it, it's just a crazy kind of almost just world shocking event Oh, absolutely. You, you got to watch it, Dustin. I mean, I'm getting like chills thinking about it because it, I was really like, it really got me. It was really emotional. And he was, he was a national hero. I mean, he yeah. was just, yeah. just a heartbreak in that, in that documentary and just what he did for racing and everything. So if you, if you guys, yeah, if you remotely love racing, you got to check it out. Um, and since then is passing, we have not seen any new Super Monaco GP game in the arcades or at home, uh, but many innovations that Super Monaco GP brought to the genre live on. So it was among the first racing games to have multiple real-to-life tracks, teams and standings, and a full, robust championship mode. It was among the first to attempt realistic handling with a clear learning curve when stepping up from automatic to manual. It's all about manual, baby. Um, it was the first home console racing game to feature a rear-view mirror, which I use a lot, by the way. It's so awesome. And all these things 
are considered essential to sim racing games today. And they were first put together as an award-winning package in Super Monaco GP. So there you go. There you go. All right. Okay, that wraps up the history segment. And now to help us learn more about the game, here are five ridiculously interesting facts. Ridiculously interesting facts. About Super Monaco GP. Number one, the arcade versions were badass. So I found three different versions, one stand-up and two sit-down cockpit versions. The stand-up looks like an F1 car if it was standing in a vertical position. Mm. And where the the arcade games, like a typical arcade game, would have like the light-up marquee on top. This game has a simulated F1 front nose and wing. So it's like this big molded plastic thing. It's like so awesome. It's cool. Um, but the deluxe cockpit version is the real eye opener. So to mention just a few features, it has a seat that moves in multiple directions to simulate G-force while you're driving. Hmm. Uh, the seat is powered by an air compressor. And there's also a full-size car tire that's inside the cabinet which is uh, used as an air reservoir by the uh, pneumatic power system. It's just a massive thing. Um, The arcade version also has a magnified monitor glass that makes the monitor look bigger than it actually is. Um, I was wondering why they did that. And my only guess here is that not only to make just the screen look bigger and kind of wrap around you, but I also think it might simulate a race car like windshield Mm. or like helmet, you know, kind of like that view. Um, there are YouTube videos, by the way, of the cockpit versions, and they're totally worth checking out. There's one where this guy fires up the air compressor and it's like so loud. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. I think it was just like going in the arcades. It must have been crazy. Uh, number two, someone at Sega has a twisted sense of humor, and I love it. In the Super Monaco GP race, aka arcade mode, if you finish in the top three and achieve a podium spot on the second and final race, you'll see a cutscene of your racer holding up a large trophy over his head. But if you hold buttons A, B, and C while crossing over the finish line, the next scene will show your racer holding up his severed head instead of the trophy. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. That's great stuff. And uh, equally twisted is the fact that you can hit the flag man when crossing the finish line on any race. You guys do that? Good. I didn't. I tried. I missed him. I couldn't even do that. Yeah. (laughs) He goes flying. Yeah. He then flies up in the air. Still waving his flag, still committed to his job despite That's worth 10 certain points, death. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and he's back that, at the next race weekend. He's just—he's wow. a trooper. <laughs> so you got to do it. Try it. Uh, number three. Not only were the programmers at Sega twisted, they were also naughty boys. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw the woman on the title screen of the game. Well, what? she is uh, based. Hmm. <laughs> she's based on a real person. So uh, someone at Sega digitized a picture of a model named Mercy Rooney, who was a Playboy Playmate in 1972. Mm. You can see the side-by-side comparison uh, online, and it's like the same pose and everything. It's like Alex, it's your mic. We can already hear you cl- ticking, uh, clicking your tablet. <laughs> oh, sorry. Was that me? I thought, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty good with one hand here. How do you, how do you spell Mercy <laughs> oh, Rooney? <hey-o. laughs> Let's let's continue. Uh, the the Atari ST computer version of the game used a different Playmate from a 1971 issue of Playboy. So what I want to know is, were those issues of Playboy just laying around the Sega of Japan offices? Yes. That's, I mean, they, they, they had to scan them, right? Or digitize <laughs> them somehow, right? Yes, absolutely. They had to have been. I mean, come on. I mean, every game like, that came out in the 80s had hot girls in them. I mean, that's just the way it was. Uh, I mean, Metroid, for yeah, God's sake. I remember sake. that in... I remember I mean, that in Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> Tetris. Tetris was based, yeah. Yeah, they got the Russian Playboys for that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a miss. That's a miss oh. there in, in, in Tetris. 
Uh, and fun fact about you, Alex, because mm, I like to, you know, yeah, you uh, you actually worked for Playboy, did you not? I did. Yeah, it was the reverse. You were while I was working at Playboy, <laughs> I actually created uh, Japanese video games. So it was actually the opposite. <laughs> Full circle. That was your, that was your job? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just scan the, scan the old issues? <laughs> he scanned old video games in and like, put hey, them this, in the Hey, this video game's using our uh, girls, unauthorized. Send out a very cursed letter. To that Japanese. actually, by the way, is not uh, a joke. He really did work for Playboy. And yes, I did. Very, Take very a look proud. at my LinkedIn. It's, I'm very proud of it. Fantastic. It was some of the best times of my life. I worked at Playboy when I was 18. For and, uh, uh, there you go. It was fantastic. It was great. Terrible total, time. Ab- absolutely by accident, but uh, a happy one. <laughs> you know, Playboy and happy accident, they seem to go together, right? <laughs> they tend to. They uh, number four, fans have created a hack called... You want me to go on? No, please. How many no one does. You want me to bring up a couple stories? <laughs> I think this episode is going to be long enough. Oh, okay. I've, I've, I've heard many of those stories. They're yeah. entertaining, but let's move on. Uh, fans have created a hack called Super Monaco GP 2019. So I'm sure you guys remember when we talked about how fans hack Tech Mobile games every year to add the mm-hmm. modern rosters and such. Well, fans of Super Monaco GP are very similar. There are versions that add in the real race teams, add drivers from different seasons, and they even change the color of the title screen woman's hair. I was going to say, do they, <laughs> do they update the girl? <laughs> yeah, they, apparently they do. That's what, apparently like, that's what geeks like to do. They get in there and yeah, there's one called Super Monaco GP Brunette Edition. You can guess what that means. Wow. <laughs> Number five, this game is definitely Super Monaco. So the original Monaco GP was released by Sega in the arcades in 1979, going way back. And the home version came out in 1983 on the Sega SG-1000. I don't know if you guys know that system. Uh, But that was a Japan-only system that uh, preceded the Sega Master System. Now, the regular Monaco GP was a simple bird's-eye-view racing game. So similar to like Spy Hunter or or Bump and Jump. It kind of looks like Bump and Jump. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dustin, yeah, I'm sure you remember that from our uh, jumping car games. Uh, yeah, our jumping playing. car game episode. That was, <laughs> I think we were both either drunk or something when we were like, let's do jumping car games. Jumping but car I, will, I will have to say that Bump and Jump was actually super fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. Um, that was just an excuse for me to do City Connection. I think that's what that, oh, that was. Right. Talk right. about that ridiculous world, that uh, championship I had that one time, world record, I should say. Uh, and a bonus fact uh, earlier, we talked about how the arcade cabinet for Super Monaco GP was amazing. Well, this, is, this was something that Sega was actually known for at the time. So they would often go overboard with their arcade cabinet designs, including Afterburner, which oh, featured yeah. a, fighter jet, a awesome. fighter jet cockpit. Totally yeah, awesome. that one's cool. Uh, there's Hang On. You guys remember that was like a full-size motorcycle mm-hmm. you could like oh, yeah. main on. And the Good king times. of them all, the R360, which was like an amusement park ride. So you'd strap into a cockpit as you play, it would spin you 360 degrees in any direction, including upside down. And the R360 system weighed over 2,000 pounds and apparently was estimated to have cost over $70,000. Wow. Yeah. They didn't have any of those in my little arcades uh, growing up. Not even close. <laughs> uh, and that was five ridiculously interesting facts about Super Monaco GP. All right. Thank All right. you, Zach. Yeah. Now let's talk about memories of playing Super Monaco GP back in the day. We collected feedback on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by asking people to finish this sentence. My fondest memory of playing Super Monaco GP is... Let's get to the socials. 
uh, at Headcase Games said, I picked up this game since the previews looked so great and the arcade was mind blowing. I was initially disappointed that this was so far from the arcade quality, but the feeling didn't last long as the home conversion was still so fun. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. Good job. Sure. <laughs> um, at LJ White 28 says still trying to make that fondest memory. This game is trying my patience, but I will continue to try my luck. Hashtag persistence. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you there, LJ White twenty eight. Oh my god. <sighs> okay, big side. Jerry R. Get him, Jerry. Get him, Jerry shared my fondest memory of playing Super Monaco GP is renting it. Very cool game, yet challenging. And he's pretty decent at video games, so he's very decent. That. Yeah, I was sad to return it and never saw it on the shelf again. I was really bummed. I um, hated that, by the way. You know, you go oh, to yeah. Blockbuster on a Friday night. You're so pumped to play, you know, the the new Madden game or whatever the heck you're going to rent. And they don't have any copies. They have a bunch of the empty boxes there to harass you and or tease have, you. Like, the Madden one from last year up there. Yeah, and that's it. Exactly. <laughs> but they like won't nice. have the game you want. Sorry. Exactly. Uh, Bob P says my fondest memory of playing Super Monaco GP is playing it for the very first time ever after winning a copy from the rock and retro game guys. Wow. <laughs> wow. There you <laughs> go. Us up there a little bit, I think, huh? Maybe ask, ask for what you want. Right. <laughs> uh, at, I'm going to guess this is pronounced at oh my God, uh said my oh first my experience. With, oh my God. My first experience with this game stems from my stepfather bringing home a game. He got a yard sale saying it was Super Mario on Sega. <laughs> so I when wow. I first read that, I was like, what do you mean Super, Super Mario? But I could see it because it's Super Monaco ends with an O. I could see how someone could. That's totally that. a, a father thing, like like yeah. an old man thing. Like I don't know, this is a Super Mario. I don't know, whatever it is. Here you this go, Super, kid, Ma- Super Mario GP. Right? It's like Mario Kart. <laughs> it's the one on Sega. And lastly, Brian H said, as an eleven-year-old boy, when the girl in the bikini popped up on the title screen, I didn't really care about the rest of the game's quality. I was sold. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, though, it was also a good game. Uh, it was. It's what got me into Formula One racing in real life. I've been following it since I went to Austin a couple years ago for the U S grand prix. Maybe someday I'll actually make it to Monaco. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Maybe someday I'll wear that yellow uh, bikini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I wonder if the bikinis are as yellow in Monaco as they are in that video game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to all get out there and see. We'll do a little bit oh, of field you work, you know? That's right. Uh, did you, did you guys see this <laughs> by the way on Facebook? I uh, posted a selfie with a super Monaco GP game case and the text, I, yeah, the text came out reversed like a mirror. Uh, and our, our buddy Tim Gather posted, hmm, what memory can I talk about to win a copy of PG Oconome Repus? And I was like, <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't that have also come out upside down for him? Uh, oh, um, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. In Australia. In Australia. Uh, and then uh, Dustin. Oh. Y- yes. Your dad flipped my photo <laughs> back around and Great. reposted it with the comment, Unfortunately, it didn't help make Zach look any better. <laughs> so that's what I, th- I think your dad is jealous that your mom has become a recurring character on this podcast. He's like stepping up his game here. You know, so. honestly, I think I think he's just bored. Um, but he also is making a really good point about your look. So there you go. Uh, yeah, you, you can't. He's right. You really can't get any better. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not possible. All right, guys, let's now chat about the memories. Um, I think it's she, Mr. Zach, you're the only one who has any memories of Super Monaco I so. GP. I don't think any of the rest of us have played this one before now. 
Yeah. So I have a real spot, uh, soft spot, I should say, for racing games. So I actually grew up in a racing family. I don't know if you guys knew that. I think maybe a couple yep. of you guys knew that. Yep. 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 Um, so my dad was a champion drag racer in the uh, early 70s. And lots of my family mm. got involved in racing in various ways. You have ways. to be very clear that your dad was a, the racing part. Your dad was not just a champion drag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, very uh, uh, – Your dad would probably look really good in a, in a, in a miniskirt and some <laughs> – Wow, that's and really that, like, <laughs> In that yellow swimsuit, that yellow swimsuit <laughs> on a <laughs> Beard and all. That's right. I need a real Heck close yeah. shave. Just the great thing about my dad is that he'll never listen to this podcast. We can say all kinds of stuff about my dad. <laughs> like your dad, Justin. Cool like, yeah, he'd totally be cool with it. He's very cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so I grew anyway, I grew up going to racetracks, car shows. So I've always loved this genre. And as a as a kid, this game totally let me live out my fantasy of being a pro driver. Um, so the first time I actually saw Super Monaco GP, I was at my cousin's house. And at the time I used to play just like, you know, Rad Racer. RC Pro-Am on the NES. So like I boot this thing up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm used to like cartoons of racing games. Right. This actually looks like a racing game. And it's like, wow, there's more than three cars on the track. Like there's 16 cars racing. This is incredible. So yeah, the realism just blew me away. It was next gen stuff. Um, so when I bought my Genesis, Super Monaco GP was the first game that I picked up. And for a long time, all I had to play was this game and Altered Beast. And you could probably guess the one I played the most. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope Altered Beast. Yeah, uh, no. So this game has actually become my favorite racing game of all time with uh, Daytona probably a really close second. Mm-hmm. See, I knew I knew he sold us a bill of goods. He told us that we would all love this game because he loved it. And it's only because he just wanted to play it. Now I now I see what's going on. Well, you know, you like I, I was going to say that um, I, I, th- I don't remember if I actually ever played this game. I probably confuse it more with pole position. But yeah. it does, I mean, it probably was in the arcades. Yeah, I probably did. Because anytime I'd see a, a racing game in an arcade, I wanted to play it. I didn't care if it was, you know, goofy looking like out, what was it, Outrun. I loved playing that. Those were always really fun. But then, yeah, you know, if you saw the sit-down games, like uh, I looked up that picture, that 360 uh, one you guys were talking about, but I'd never seen that before. But that was actually let, pretty cool. I wouldn't mind playing a game Let like me tell that. you something. Let me tell you. But, incredible. I'm sorry to, to go on a little tangent here, but it's your fault. You brought up the <laughs> R360. Let me tell you something. I remember playing this game at Disneyland. They had it, and I fell in love with it. It was $3 to play. I've been dreaming about this game for a long time. I forgot the name of it. And uh, that was it. You're talking that about the R360, game. right? Oh, that's, R360. That's not, not Monaco. No, it's R360. <laughs> so FYI, uh, thank you, Zach. I actually learned something tonight. There you go. And the You're name welcome. of this game. There 20 months I, into I, the podcast and finally got, Alex learned yeah. something. I'm going to mute myself <laughs> and just go to sleep. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you learned a couple You're things. Done. You learned about you learned about Croatia and Malaysia okay. and and R three sixty. There you go. You know, I, I yeah. would have. I'm not sure if I. I'm there's. It's a very good chance I played this in the arcade, and I would have. I would probably have a very different opinion of this game with the steering wheel. Uh, I think part of the problem for me with it was the D pad. But uh, I love playing racing games when you got. I've I've almost bought a steering wheel for my PS four like three times. That's awesome. You guys are right though about the games being expensive like anytime you have a game with a cockpit or you're sitting down or something you back in the day you know it was going to be a buck yeah you know it was worth it. it like even even the star wars game that that was a very low tech video game for what it was it had a cockpit and you would pay the dollar to sit down and be luke skywalker right so i just, I I just, just imagine like this car this 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 
you know, setup with the F1 wing coming out. Like, <laughs> yeah, you'd want to, I mean, it has an air compressor, yeah, right? Fire it up. <laughs> Come on. Well, I can't believe, you know, when you think back on that money, $3 to play that R360, three yeah. bucks, that was a lot of money. I mean, I know I sound but like an old man. That's down, a though. lot of money for a video you game. get to go That's upside down, though. It was amazing. It was awesome. Oh, it was probably great. Yeah. They must have had game, an attendant there, right? I mean, someone had to strap yeah. you in. Yeah, you had to strap in. Yeah, it was, a whole, it was a whole thing. But this game, if it had an air compressor, I mean, you're just going to let kids, like, what if that thing blew up? I mean... <laughs> it was the 80s right air compressors are not that touchy Jeez. <laughs> it's horrible it's horrible it goes through the through the roof of the thing yeah the kid, the kid lands through the roof that was the most amazing race i've ever been <laughs> that's the commercial <laughs> yeah sega all right <laughs> is that your uh, memories that's it that that that's it that's it that's, that's it. it all right now let's get to the fun part. Let's talk about our playthrough over the last mm. couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys about your thoughts about uh, specific aspects of Super Monaco GP so we can focus a bit more on what makes the game unique and memorable. So what about the fun factor? How fun was the game to you guys? I already kind of know Zach's opinion. So let's start with JP. How fun was this for you, JP? Hard pass. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Um, you know what? In the game, <laughs> hard to I, pass. Yeah, I, yeah. I love race car games, and I hated this game. I Whoa! Mean, I get, I get the history of it, and I get where yeah. it's coming from, and what has come because of it, and I appreciate what has come because of it. But God, I did not like this game at all. I was, I mean, I played it all the way through. I did as much as I could, but oh my God, I hated this game so much. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I will say, as far as how fun this game is, it's well made. Yes. It hits a lot of buttons on what makes a game great, except one. It's not fun. This yeah. game is not fun at all. I, I absolutely hated this game so much. It's demoralizing. Wow. <laughs> there's there's no carrot. There's no carrot. It's just all stick. There's no incentivizing. There's it's, no reward there's system. You just, right. You're just getting you are, beaten, with, beaten with a stick you, the whole time. You are, you're a really bad driver, man. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Hey. No, hey. I I, can, I play racing. I probably have five or six racing. I have this the real racing on the iPad is fun. I've got I play Mario Kart all the time. I wipe the floor with my family on Mario Kart. I play racing games all the time. I love racing games. This game was just it's just too hard. There's no learning curve. It's just too hard. <laughs> okay, thanks. I'm curious, Alex. I'll see you okay. guys. <laughs> Alex, what about you? It took the what wind out of your sails there, Alex. There's, I, no, there's nothing yeah, left. No, that was what it. Is, well, it was, was a fun. We, was it fun? Wizard, are we playing Wizards and Warriors again? I mean, where is it? <laughs> um, it's Wizards and Warriors all over again. Okay, yeah, so you guys pick next time because apparently I've picked two games <laughs> in a row that you guys have hated. Oh my god, I loved I loved was, Wizards and Warriors, but that's because I beat it. Yeah, this game was. Uh, look, when I was playing this game, I was I was like. Uh, I was like, okay, like crashed a couple times, and I didn't go as fast as I thought I could. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I was going. I played on the automatic first, and and I I felt I was going a little slow. I thought the automatic was a little slow, and as I just went up to manual, I was like, okay, I'll just play up and play the professional style, whatever. And I played on the practice uh track. I think maybe like twenty times, and it started to dawn on me how difficult this game was and i had i was thinking about zach and i was thinking about you guys and i didn't know if you guys had ever played this game i know zach did and i was thinking like yeah you if you're like a 12 
eleven year old kid, you'd need an entire summer to figure this game out and to figure out the little yep. eccentricities of this game. I, for a couple times uh, to practice, I would only go in second or third gear to see what the car would do. I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch the controls, and you would you would bounce into the corners, and it would take you around the track. So I mean, I hear people talking about realistic controls. It drives the car for you if you go slow enough. And you don't, you don't, you don't go through the grassy parts. It keeps you on the track, but um, there are some tricks to this game where you, the faster you go, the better handling you get, and you get to handle the curves mm-hmm. a little bit better. And you really have to figure out how to drive a car in this game. I wouldn't call it a realistic driving game. I would call it a game that you have to learn how to drive in this environment, in this world. You know, yeah. and it takes I a agree. lot to figure out. I totally out. agree with that statement. It yeah, takes a totally lot to figure agree. out, man. This game was, this game was frustrating, and uh, I didn't have a whole summer <clears throat> to invest in it, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get let's, let's, let's go over to Zach because I think he he thinks it's fun. So, how yeah. fun was this? Oh game yeah, for let's you? hear the champ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, and I did, I, I did have a whole summer, if not multiple summers to master yeah. this game. And, and I, I hear what you guys are saying. Cause I'll say when you get over the learning curve, it to me, it's a nine out of 10, like absolutely love this game. Um, but like there is a big approachability problem in this game. And I'm going to save some of my specific comments for the challenge section. Cause I, there's a yeah. couple things I have a real problem with and I don't know why they did it, but I'll say like, so for me, getting over the learning curve and, and, you know, and, and being, you know, good at the seven speed and, and doing, you know, uh, getting on a couple of the race teams, which give you better cars, which makes the game easier, that kind of a thing. Um, when you settle in and just enjoy the racing action, I love the gear shifting, the music, like all the race teams, the, the strategy with bouncing between teams. So again, once you get over that learning curve, the game itself is really fun. Um, for me, at, like at the stage I'm at in playing this game, the only thing that kind of hurts the fun factor is like once in a while, it, you make one little mistake and it kind of ties in what you guys are saying. You make one little mistake and you wreck your car and that's it. It'd be so precise. And there was times where in like a six minute race or whatever, I'm just nailing every single lap and I make one little brain dead, like turn and the whole race is over. Yep. You know, and you're just like, come on. And then there's weird inconsistencies around the pit system and stuff where like you can hit a car full on full speed, no damage. You just barely touch a sign. And all of a sudden you get the trouble alarm comes on and you yeah. know you have damage, and then you're like, okay, so you want me to pit, but if I pit, I'm totally going to lose. So there's some weird inconsistencies that mess with the fun factor. But again, once you get over the learning curve, I think it was very fun. Okay. All right, let's move on to the uh, question of graphics. Would you guys think the graphics? I'll start with this one. Um, I, the graphics of this game are amazing. They're really well done. I mean, it's a it's a top notch Genesis game. It looks really cool. Um, little things that I really liked about it, like um, when you get demoted, <laughs> um, the car and your outfit actually change. So you can see your guys's hands. He's got different, you know, different uh, color gear on. The car has changed. So they paid attention to a lot of the details in the graphics here, and I, I appreciate that. That's um, a big deal, by the way, because not many. Not many games have that where your hands move on a steering wheel you yeah. can see the tires move with like the writing on the wheels and all that yeah. stuff like that wasn't very common back then and the, and the tracks felt and lo- like looked if we're talking just straight graphics the tracks all looked different like they the u.s track was starkly different than the rest of them which i really appreciated because that, that i mean if you've seen f1 racing like the u.s ones are usually much more blocky much more hard turns because mm-hmm. they're usually doing them on a street course 
um, that's a little bit more rigid. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that graphics on this game, I will. That's the one area and, and the music that I can say. Yeah. Top notch. Um, what about uh, what about you? Let's go to Alex. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the graphics were pretty good. I actually in a couple races, I wish that I had a better profile to see the track a little bit more. Um, mm. But you're in an F1 car and you're like, what, like a foot off the ground. So, I mean, I guess it's <laughs> supposed to, I guess they nailed it. Um, yeah, no, the graphics look good. The cities look great. And uh, the tracks look realistic. I mean, uh, I don't have anything bad to say about the graphics. And they stuck in a Playboy model at the beginning of it. So, I mean, <laughs> kudos there to you them, go. you know. All right, Mr. Zach. Thoughts yep. on graphics? Looks great. Looks looks great. I love, love, love the track backgrounds, which I read somewhere like were taken from. They're inspired by the real tracks. So yeah, one has like, like helicopters in the background. Yeah, or planes it's or something. Really, really cool. Um, and I love challengers the, looked realistic. Yeah, the, faces the, the, the photos. Them. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And they all had like little personalities. They would say different things, and the, the team, like the team photos. So, like, if you haven't played this game, when you join a team or get kicked off a team, each team has a photo, and like. The best teams have like a bunch of people. They have this really, you know, nice trailer. They have like, there's some girls in bikinis and stuff. And then when you go down to like, say, Zero Force, there's like three guys, like I said before, a puddle. Like it's really, <laughs> it's it's kind of sad. But right. um, th- those little details are awesome. Um, I also, um, when I when I bought my Sega Saturn recently, I started playing a bunch of like early 3D racing games, like Sega Rally and others, and like early Monaco GP, or sorry, um, Daytona. And then I went back and played this and I actually preferred like the 16 bit sprites, like, you know, beyond like, I liked them better than like early 3d. This game looked great for 1990. For sure. For sure. All right, let's wrap it up on this question with JP. what you think with the graphics? Oh no, I, I agree with everyone. I think they were great. Uh, the one thing that I was saying earlier that was funny was the only thing was when you got demoted, the, the mean messages they put up above, but as Zach pointed out, you <laughs> yeah. saw the team slowly dwindle all the way down to where like you have a whole bunch of people and then you have one less guy and then one less guy. And now you just have your, your truck and a mean message at the top and three people looking really pissed off. Oh yeah. It got yeah. to a point where the challenger was like, Oh, I could drive faster. I'm like, yeah, you probably could drive faster than me, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, that's pretty that's accurate. That's the mentality that you want to have as an F1 race car driver, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the challenge. This should be a fun question as well. How did the challenge feel for you guys? Too easy, too hard, or just right? Was there something that gave you a lot of trouble? Uh, Zach, let's start with you. I know you mentioned it a little bit on that, but uh, carry us on. What do, you, what do you think about the challenge? Yeah, so I have a distorted sense of challenge, so I'm not going right. to be the person to the challenge. But I will tell you, earlier I, I did I'm say... Basically, I'm just getting you out of the way so that the yeah, rest of us can go. just vent. Start right? Um, so yeah, this is a hard game, no doubt. And like I said, I play this like crazy, so I, I don't really know. I can't really sense, you know, what it's like to play, you know, from scratch for the first time. But I will say there's a couple of things that, again, I'm really curious about. So out of all of the tracks in the game, there's only a handful of turns that are really challenging. And they, for some reason, put two of those in the first two tracks, yeah. So like instead of easing you in with easy tracks, giving you a chance to kind of get through, uh, you know, to upgrade your car at least once and then start to ratchet up the difficulty, the, the actually turn number two in race number one, I still to this day mess up on almost every single time. I don't get it. And then the second you're, track, it, go ahead, Dustin. It's crazy. I was going to say, you're 100% right. The third track was, I was like, wait. Well, this yeah, one I can actually sort of yeah. race on. Like, yeah, that's I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting first, but I'm, I'm this one I can actually do. Like, yeah, why isn't like, this the first track? There's like five turns in the whole track. Right. And it's like in that USA track you mentioned, like it's all you know, 90 degree angles or whatever. Easy. That's right. 
you can't, you can erase it maybe fourth gear, fifth gear. It's, it's simple, but yeah. And then like the second track is like, you know, wet or whatever. So you're sliding, you're, you'll, you're, you'll never get through all of the laps without your tires starting to go. And then you have to like try to pit, like how, why did they put those up front? Cause that's going to turn off so many players. And that's, so to yeah. me now it's not a big deal, but for someone coming in like new, I could totally understand why you just throw your controller and be like, forget this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, JP challenge. What'd you think? Uh, very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, um, that's it. <laughs> you know, I have I have a lot of experience with with racing games and everything, and I went at this like, okay, let me see if this plays arcadey or is this going to play more like simulation. It's kind of like in the middle. There's definitely an arcade feel to it, but then there are some simulation stuff. I never went to full uh, full manual. I, I mainly stuck with automatic because I just had such a hard time with that. And I'm like, okay, I can't go to manual if I'm having this much hard of a time with, uh, with automatic. But I, I did start to understand or got better at braking. And um, one of the things I, I realized okay. it was doing was, um, I don't know, maybe you know what this is, Zach. If I push up on the um, on doing an automatic, if I push up, the rev limiter would go up. And I didn't understand why it was doing it. It's almost like I was pulling out a gear and then just hitting the gas in neutral or something. It's very strange, but I don't know. I guess I haven't played automatic for a long time. That's, that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was weird, but no, I found, you know, I, I got better at breaking, taking the corners, but man, there were some corners where I was like, I would take it and I would take it full blast thinking I need to break. And I'm like, Oh, I made it through. And then there's ones where I'm like, okay, I'm going to break through this. And I'd break and then I'd slam yep. into a corner. And I'm like, that makes no sense to me. I can see what the corner looks like on the map. Why is it doing that to me? Yep. When I see these other ones that are crazy looking and then I take them and I'm like, I, I was full, full on through there. I didn't have to break. Yeah. There was one, there was one track. I can't remember if it was Japan or where, where there's two little chicane sections and on the map, mm -hmm. they look like nothing. And there's like big like hairpins <laughs> and they look like basically straight away. And there's yeah. these hairpins that are super easy, but on each side of the track, there's these chic chicanes that for the most part in this game, the, the chicanes are, are easy. Like some of them, you don't even have to steer. You can just keep going straight and you right, right through, down the middle. Yeah, right but these ones are like, basically like uh, an old episode of Star Trek. You're like thrown all the way against the wall, <laughs> one wall and then thrown against the other side it's ridiculous i couldn't yeah. i didn't understand I'm like it just didn't match up all right I, I, i've got way more to say but i'm gonna go to alex next on yeah. the challenge what do you think yep. man? i thought that i as i continued my struggles and tried to figure it out that went from the automatic to uh was it the five speed and four speed seven four speed, speed and then the seven yeah. speed um i tried to figure out the the turns in the first track and the turns in the second track and i was like okay do i got brake do i got slam on the brake do i have to downshift right before i get there is there a combination of the two like i was trying to figure it out and uh man i must have played like hours like three or four hours into this game and i'm like yeah, i don't think i'm gonna get it uh, like, <laughs> i don't think i'm gonna get this in time for the podcast and i don't think i'm gonna be able to win a race like what yeah. I think that's my conclusion. And uh, yeah. and looking back on it, uh, I'd say I understand why the why those uh, game reviewers gave it ten because uh, if it's if if you get to a point where you break through and you begin to understand and, and hit the learning curve and you start to know how this game is played and you start to win games, that must feel amazing. You yeah. know, to win a, it is to great. win a race that must feel fantastic and. Uh, yeah, I can't. That's all you really want from a game, right? Is to be able to be challenged and then overcome that. Yeah, and in to continue on that theme with uh, with my thing and and the Madonna theme from earlier, um, I'll say with this game that I could never get into the groove, and uh, it left me <sighs> oh feeling God. true blue. 
<laughs> wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, here's the problem for me. This game just really became a boring slog. Um, I played dozens and dozens of times. I was so pissed that I couldn't pick up this game and I was starting to get it. I definitely towards the, the last couple of days, um, was, was being able to race in practice mode and in qualifying much better. Um, I never was able to crack that nut on racing on the the real track. This, the other cars just basically, it's like space invaders. Like, dude, I'm just driving here. Why are you like, they're attacking me. It felt like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, if we weren't doing this for the podcast, there is no way I would have raced more than about three races in, in like the first night. And I would just, it would chucked yeah. it to the bottom of the pile. I'm this, surprised this, you go ahead. I was just going to say there's, there's some games where it's like, Oh, don't give up early. It'll be worth it. Yeah. This totally is not one of those. I'm, su- I'm surprised there wasn't more of a, of a walkthrough. Like that's just like, okay, boom. Yeah. And you can play the practice or you can just go well, right into the, uh, to the challenge. And it's just like, okay, there's no, like, there's no training montage. Yeah. No, like, well, here's you how you, exactly, you know? that's exactly you guys, my point. Did you um, play the I, arcade mode at all? Because I think that one's a yeah. little bit more forgiving, yeah. not much, but I think there's a little bit more. It is. Easy than it does. It is. Yeah, it is. But that wasn't the point of the podcast. I'm not going to sit there true. and play the arcade for hours. Yeah. I need to. I need to try to do, do the world championship. But uh, Alex, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head for me. Um, I play a lot of sports sim games: baseball, football, all the different ones. Play all the different kinds of simulation versions they have. Um, and the best sports sim games have some sort of learning curve. Yeah. Uh, maybe they start you out in the minor leagues. You may, you know, pick up with the Durham Bulls or something, and and work your way up from single A. And the, it's easier at that point, and you you start to learn the game mechanics, and then you move your way up. Um, you get some small victories, and then you get, you know, then you get your opportunity to challenge the big yeah. boys. Um, I I feel like this game is just too tied too directly into its origin as an arcade quarter eater, and so it's just mm. it's like just let's slam you in the face right now and yeah, make you want to have to put it. <laughs> this game has no happy feelings to begin with. Like, dude, you're right. not win- you buy this game, uh, you're not winning the game for the first month you have it. <laughs> right. You know, and I, not, I said, uh, like I said, if I had four or five Genesis games, I don't know how Zach. I, I I'm I'm not sure how Zach didn't just throw this at the bottom of the pile. I mean, racing's in your blood, but. I love racing games, and if we weren't doing it for the podcast, there's no way I would have played this more than one night. Yeah, I'm curious if that's one of the reasons why they had the rival system. Because if if you pick a rival that's say one team ahead of yours, you could get 15th as long as they get four to 16th, then you right. technically can advance. But you still have no hope in the season. You're still not going to get driver points, you know. So, you know, it's kind of like hours I put into this game. I only beat a rival once. And it was Rigel and he was, I was 14th and he was 15th. <laughs> and that's only because I crashed his car out on purpose. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, speaking of uh, tips like crashing your rival out, uh, what other tips or tactics did you guys come across? Uh, JP, did you come across anything? I did. I came across getting hit in the back as I pulled out of finally yep. hitting my car and then having to pit again. <laughs> How do you pit? <laughs> By the way, that's another mechanic that's broken in this game. Well, I figured it out after I think the th- second race that um, I think it, I don't know if it would be the C key on yeah, the it's the C button. Yeah, when you see pit, you're supposed to hit C. I just I never knew, and then all of a sudden I was like, one time I'm like, well, let me I don't know what the third key does, so let's see what it does, and it's like, hey, you're pitting in. Nowhere on the map does it show where pit lane is. It just pops up. I mean, I know it's, it's near where the starting over, grid yeah. is, but you yeah. don't see on the map where the pit would be. Why didn't they put that on the map? Well, and that's that's an interesting point because the the the. It's almost like I like that the car takes damage. It affects your acceleration. It affects your top speed. But then it tells you to pit. Everything else in the game, you can intuit from the game that's going on. Oh, I'm hitting. Nope, the A is an accelerate. B is. So let's hit that, right? You can figure out everything else except pitting. It doesn't tell you. The only place that you can figure it out is the manual. 
and which we know JP didn't read. No, um, figured and, it out but, on my own. <laughs> but uh, whenever a- other mechanic is just intuitive or easy to discover, like, can you imagine like your friend, you're borrowing the, this game from your friend on a Friday night or at lunch and f- on a Friday and he's like, here you go. And by the yeah, way, hit C to pit. Like that's the only, t- <laughs> yeah, he has to tell you that, right? You can figure everything else out, but hit C to pit. It's just a weird, it was a weird thing. Uh, Mr. Alex, any tips to Tips, yeah, tips, tactics, whatever the word is. Yeah, when you're looking at the first of all, I forgot this about the graphics. When you're looking to see what uh, placement you are, or where you're at in the track, you're not the uh, bright red uh, shining object on the uh, map. You're the little <laughs> dull uh, white pea uh, going around the track. And I was like, why am I not lit up in red? Why am I the boring one? That didn't make any your- sense to me. What's That's up? your what's rival the, or first place? Yeah, but what's with the hierarchy? I mean, come on, dude. Right. Like it should have been a different color. Uh, and some of the maps—is it me or was? Did some of the maps go clockwise and some of them go counterclockwise? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I think that's the case in F one though too, because I know F one races typically go uh, clockwise, whereas uh, um, NASCAR goes counterclockwise. But I believe there's some that are different. No, but in this game, there were some tracks where your your the cars would go to the left and then to the right on different maps. Oh okay. Interesting. Right? Am I was that missing? I don't remember seeing that. I don't remember. Well, no, I I think, you're right. No, you're right. Right? It does do that. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, where what's where's the consistency, man? I'm trying <laughs> to learn the I'm trying to win a, I'm trying not to lose a race. And <laughs> and I'm confused by the map system. That's right. shouldn't happen. That well, at least, the, at least my pet peeve is racing games where the map turns. You ever play those games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, those, I can't stand words. those, man. That's so, so if, if you're playing now? this game, you're not the bright, shiny red dot on the map. You're the boring <laughs> P. We got and it. Some, we got and, it. And the maps go backwards on you. So there you go. Don't pay attention right. to that. I've got a tup- <laughs> couple of tips, and then we'll, we'll, we'll give it over to someone who actually might have some helpful tips. Uh, my tips are a little <laughs> helpful, I think. Um, the biggest one, you have to do the warm-up before each race. Yes. Must. Minimum three yeah. laps. Do not do anything less than three laps. You have to get in there and try it. It's the only way I was able to do any race and get out of 16th place. Yeah. Um, you sit there and practice it at least three laps, if not more, if you got the time. Um, the other tip, another tip I'll say is, uh, it's easier when you're in a race, if you're in a race and you're like in third, the third lap out of five and you, you get a trouble thing, you hit, you hit something, you break something and it's flashing trouble. Um, it's easier just to put down your, uh, uh controller and give up on the race. If you get damaged in a race you will never get anything more than 16th place so just walk away go grab a beer browse instagram for a couple minutes we gotta confirm that is that true zach that is not true no although (laughs) i'm usually not in 15th place to start but no you could you could definitely i usually start in 10th and then that's i start in 10th and by the third lap i'm in 16th and then i get damaged and i just give up (laughs) okay um it's beer 30 at that point right Right. Well, one thing I, I wish that I wish this game had a retire ability. At some point, it's like I, oh god, I don't want to spend another three minutes on this race. And I'd rather just give up. It does um, actually have a retire ability. You just go into like seventh gear and go right into a wall. Right. Right. Yeah, right to the right, there you go. You know the worst part about that was when I wanted to do the crashing, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Tried to crash my car out of the race, and it's like, nope, yeah. uh, you hit that sign, it's fine. Your car's fine. Just keep going. There's a couple um, times where I went full speed like into a turn, and I missed it, and it just goes like, 
tick and your car comes to a dead stop, but it yeah. doesn't crash. And I'm like, oh boy, that must that was just <laughs> the closest call that happened a couple times, man. Yeah. I remember I was having a pretty decent run. I forget on which track it wasn't, you know, I was whatever, 10th place or something like that. And I crashed out and I was just, I felt, I just, I felt sorrow for myself. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was doing so good. Um, I will, I will say, I don't know if this is a bug, but a very interesting thing happens if you just park your car on the track and wait for the race to end. Oh my um, God. <laughs> <laughs> when, so you'll see the map on the map, the cars, the other cars are finishing. And as they hit the finish line, they go off the track to the right and then disappear uh, on yeah. the dot on the, on the, the little dots on the, the mini track. But what's interesting is they're still on the track invisible. So you can hear if you're sitting there, you can hear them continue to pass you um, Whoa, as crazy. if the race was continuing on, but there's no car there. You just hear the wow. It's really weird. I was like, that's kind of cool. I bet you. So, I didn't know that. You, bet you're the only person to ever figure that out because no one ever would <laughs> just stop and just there like is, as he was sitting there crying with his head in his hand. <laughs> there's no Waiting for the game to end and for him to lose. Oh my God! The, go- the ghosts <laughs> keep coming. Oh man! All right. So, for for us, those of us who are professional, like Zach, what do you? What tips or tactics do you have, man? Well, I, I'm pretty impressed by that tip. I played this game a thousand times. I never knew about that. So you uh, go oh, hold on, on track and you, see. You it. never, you yeah. never gave up on yourself and just sat there in the middle of the track and let people pass you by. <laughs> let life pass you by. Yeah. No, I'm more of an angry resetter. God dang, like that. Here's the reset button. Don't break my genesis, you know. Um, so a couple, a couple of, uh, I guess, real tips here. Uh, but Dustin, you, you got, you mentioned one earlier. I think is a really, really good one, which is don't be afraid to hit, to hit your rival or hit anyone for that matter. For like, sure. I was like straight up demolition derby in like the uh, world championship. Like I drive right by the number one car, boom, hit them. Sometimes they go back to fourth. Sometimes your rival will go all the way back to like fifteenth. Like that, especially if you hit them early in the race where the cars are all bunched up, man, you could like, you could basically stick them behind the pack. So that's a really good uh, tip. Now you could also damage your own car. Um, You could slow down yourself. So you got to be really careful, careful with doing that. Um, You can also uh, push your rivals back at the start. So this only works if you're ahead of your rival at the start. So if you have pole position or second place, the second the race starts, you move to the left and you basically, or I guess left or right. Um, and you get right in front of them. And what'll happen is if your rival is right behind you, they'll like panic and they'll fall back at least like four or five spots. So when you're later in the game and you're just trying to make, not fall out of first place, the, your chat, your rival who's challenging you is always in second place. So you just, right when you start the race, you just turn right in front of them, boom, and you already have like a five position advantage. So that'll definitely help. Um, in world championship mode, you get the password every single time because what you can do is say you get to the second uh, race you crash all you got to do is hit reset and the genesis will save the password in memory and so you could redo the race in world championship so you could you don't have to do the whole world championship in one go so of course with emulation you could just save the state or whatever but that's huge because you're again you could practice a race four or five times until you finally get the points you want so that's huge um and then i would say you know alex to your point um, about speed is seven speeds the way to go. Huge advantage over the other the other uh, transmissions, but practice seeing how fast you can go around the turns because yeah. there are turns where it totally does not make sense. I would take turns like you know, I think track three and some other ones. I could take them at full speed, maxed out seventh gear, just boom, 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 and the car you just pass so many cars in those turns. Yeah. But 
other turns, you're like, you're right. If you're not careful, you take a sign right in the face. So I think by doing the practice, just experiment. It's kind of like what we talked about in Donkey Kong Country. Just play the game with reckless abandon. You'll probably find a way to save a bunch of time. Um, and the last tip I'll give you, because it's something I actually did, is if you are challenged and you beat your rival twice, you'll actually get an invite to the the worst team, the team that's worse than you. And yes is selected by default. So you could <laughs> accidentally accept the invite to a team that's worse than yours very Whoops. easily. So don't, don't do that. Just do not no. do that. There you go. Um, but yeah, outside of that, there's no um, substitute for practice. This game is just to your point, Dustin is like something you literally have to just love racing to death to yeah. like get anywhere in this game. Yeah. You know, it feels like, it feels like you got to play it. Like it's a real F one season, like yeah. practice on it on a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday, and then race that track on a Sunday and then just do that for 16 weeks. Straight. As a kid, <laughs> seriously, as a kid in my mind is exactly what you said. Like that, I was playing, I was racing. I was this, I was this guy yeah. and I wanted to be world champion and it was so difficult and it was so elusive I just kept banging on it, you know, wow. so. Yeah. But this is your personality, right? So <laughs> kind of, kind of a little bit. Zach, let's go right back to you for uh, the next question, which is, is there anything that would have made this game better or is it good the way it is in your opinion? Kid mode. Kid <laughs> mode right? you know, seriously, it's not accessible to anyone, but people like me who just want to, you know, figure it out and play it a million times in a row. I, like I said, with Wizards and Warriors, like I just want some game dev to take this game and just add some new features. So you know, add a learning curve. Like you said, Dustin, um, I would love to be able to customize my car with different tires, with different engines, all that kind of stuff. Um, longer races with like strategic pitting. Like if you had a 20 lap race or something, that'd be like a, like a real F1 race that lasts a long time. 20 laps. Um, Are you kidding me? I don't know how many, (laughs) I don't watch F1. How many is it JP? Is it like 500? Who knows? Um, (laughs) I thought the race team's really cool, but like, could they take it one step further? Like if they had like RPG elements almost where there's like you walk in the pits, you interact with the other teams, that kind of a thing. So um, I just think if someone, you know, got their hands on this game, they could take it up another notch. But number one, though, is if they just made just did a couple track swaps, like you said, doesn't if track three was number one, you know, if that USA track was number two, like that alone would would have been huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Those, those tracks are the only ones that I, I was, had any sort of success on, but yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent with you, uh, Zach, like there are for F1 is formula one. There's also been formula two. I think formula three still exists. There are minor leagues out there. Like I know the Genesis cartridge memory is probably limited, but like, why wasn't there some sort of mode that said, this is how you get in, how you do this game, any sort of mode. Just something like to give you the to give you that taste, to give you that carrot. Like I said, this game is all stick, right? I need I need a little bit of incentive here to show me what what what's possible. So I one think that's that's what would make this. Yeah, one, one thing I just thinking of on that is one thing. Another thing that make it better with that is to be able to pass with some confidence. Yeah, because there's so many cars on the road that you're probably either going to wreck your car, you're going to you slow down, you're going to hit another car. Um, it's just it's it's so crowded. And if you get behind a pack, it's, it's, and you get like, you know, the first couple of places are so far ahead. Yeah. Um, so like it works the other way too. So like in probably five or six of the tracks, once I got the Madonna car, like I was lapping cars after like the third race, like I'd be like 25 or 35 seconds ahead of like the next car. Right. You know, like you just get so far ahead. So it's kind of, it's, it's really hard to, to come from behind and all of a sudden win the race. I- 
And what's ironic to me too, is when you're racing, uh, the, the place where I was the most successful passing was at the start finish line at the beginning of the race. Oh, yeah, totally. The, on the you pull the left and the or yeah. right and, and just then you can get by like seven cars. Why is it the most crowded part of the race is the easiest to pass the rest of the race? I would just, I would, I would just like have to cross my fingers practically. All right, JP, um, anything that would make this game better? Uh, yeah, well, that's where we're at. Sorry. Or is it good the way that it is? Sorry, I lost my place on the script for a second. Um, <laughs> no, I think a lot of you guys kind of already hit on those, especially I think even if there was just like, um, yeah, like a, you know, a Formula 2 or Formula 3 into one. So like you just start in the minors and just try it. You know, you're trying it. It's, it's got to be an easier car, but you're trying it. You're playing the same tracks. And then now you upgrade to an even better car and you're like, OK, what do I have to learn with this? You know, but at least you have an idea of kind of how to drive and how to take the turns and drive in a slower car. And now you're going to a faster yeah. car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything, anything to add, Alex? Uh, no, they hit on it. Uh, it would be nice if there was some kind of like a little mini story, like your rookie trying to play his way up. Um, if you could have uh, had a say on how your car is customized a little bit, uh, that would have been awesome. But uh, gosh, just some just, you know, don't expect to just plug and play this game. You no, know, absolutely not. <laughs> this game requires a full time investment. I get hold on. So, Zach, when you were playing this game, were you going to you were going to school, right? You weren't just playing this game on the summer. So were there times when you would be at school and you'd be thinking about this game and you and you, you'd be like, like sort of pacing yourself like, OK, this turn, this turn, this turn, trying to figure it out. I don't remember if I did that in school, but I remember like drawing the maps and like, you know, st- and studying the turns at home mm-hmm. and really like just practicing like crazy in the, in the practice <laughs> setting. It's mm. just, yeah. I mean, just obsessed over how fast I could take turns and cause they do, you do see your lap time. So like, why was that 48, not a 50 or, you know, why not 46? Yeah. And so I, yeah, just, I just really, I was doing the same it. thing too. I was like, okay, I was in this gear. I was going this speed. I could take this turn. And I started to like yep. have, have a, a mental like note, like, yeah, you have to start to figure out how fast you can drive yeah. your car. And there's a lot of starts. factors like the you could say there's like some rules of thumb, right? So you can say, OK, this turn, I'm always in fifth gear. So I'm yeah. going to make sure I'm always in fifth gear and I'm going to do a little couple double tap on the brake. And yeah. most often than not, I can get around it without hitting yeah. a sign. Right. So like but it is hard. Like when you're in seventh, you know, seven speed. Yeah, you're like slowing down, you're using the brake, you're downshifting, you're turning. And oh, by the way, there's cars in the freaking turn at the same time. So, so I was going to say, so way, you, can practice, right? you can practice all you want. And you can feel really good. And you're like, oh, yep. finally I cracked, you know, 40, you know, on this, yep. uh, this yep. lap. And you're like, okay, I'm ready to play the game. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, there's yep. six Boom. other players. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, there was multiple tracks that I felt super confident after running three, five, whatever <laughs> practice laps. I'd hit qualifying and I'd get like ninth or something. I, yeah. I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good about this run. I get it on the track and crash out by his trap, uh, lap six or lap <laughs> three. Yep. Like, yeah. they're, they're holding your line. You, you can't get you that, that. Like that's your line, right? You're going to the, you're going to the outside. You're going to cut in the inside and in the inside are just tons of cars. You're like, well, I guess I can't do that. So you go to the yeah. outside and then right into a sign. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, guys. I'm really kind of scared for this question. Uh, how far did we all get? And what was your final score? Uh, to remind everyone about the score competition rules for Super Monaco GP, uh, we played the World Championship mode, as we've been mentioning. Uh, we're looking for your driver points at the end of the season and what team you ended up on. Uh, let's start with you, Alex. Yeah. What was your driver points and team? Zero driver points. <laughs> zero races won. I I played, I think, to like the eighth uh, race, which is uh, Italy or I think it's Italy. 
after the USA track. And, uh, yeah, I didn't win a single season, didn't win anything. I didn't win Jack. So you just, you didn't even finish a season? Bro, I didn't, I finished half a season. That's it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let me tell you something. I feel pretty good about it, too. <laughs> Wait, but you didn't. But you didn't get. You didn't get uh, booted out of the game, though, did you? Well, I mean, you guys, I you sure booted did. yourself. I sure you booted did. Yourself. I went from I from the middle. I don't know. One of the things I kept going down, kept going down. Got accepted to zero force. I was like, you know what? Zero force ain't that bad. These guys know how to drink, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, it. You know, it is what it is, man. I'm not cut out to be a Formula One driver. Zero again. Force knows how to party. <laughs> That's right? right. Oh, man. Ain't no party like a Zero Force party because a Zero Force party don't stop. It needs to be a movie, man. Oh, man. Zero okay. Force. Would I All right. that movie like done in total 80s style? Zero yeah. Force? It needs to be, <laughs> it needs to be like, like, a, yeah, like a Revenge of the Nerds type of movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right, JP. Well, JP, then. what was your final driver points and what team did you end up on? Did you finish the season? I finished the season okay. with no points because All I right. came last every and single time. And may God time. have mercy on your stole. And I don't know what uh, team I ended up with. The The livery on this car is very much the popular cigarette brand of that time oh, yeah. with white and red. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure um, what that group was called. It's probably Zero Force. So did you never, you only ever got 16th, you never got higher? No, I, I had two races where I retired because I made a turn a little too fast, apparently, and lost a wheel over my my skull, apparently. Nice. And uh, the other times, yeah, I like I swear to God, I talked about this. I pull out from, I go into pit because somebody decided to run over my right tire, and it's like, oh, you need to pit, so I pit. I pull out, somebody ran me from the back, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I got to pit again, and I just had to keep pitting every time. I would just watch them finish the race, and then I just either <laughs> a couple times I didn't even finish the last lap because they're like, oh, we're already here drinking. What are you doing? Yeah, game's <laughs> over. Yeah. All right, uh, so I'll go next because we know Zach beat the game. So um, <laughs> uh, I also got a big fat zero for driver points. <laughs> zero points. <laughs> And ended up on zero force. Now I will say I did get place. um, I think the highest I got was 11th. So uh, I think by the kind of numbers there, I think that means I did better than JP and Alex. Barely. I'll give it to you. Barely. (laughs) Like I don't, Uh, I mean, I, I finished to see, I finished the season twice and, and zero and zero force both times and one of those runs i got as high as let me just double check uh yeah 11th so wow. uh all right now to hear the demoralizing continuing the demoralizing theme how did you do zach so i'm actually uh sad that i didn't end up on zero force that sounds fun uh so uh first i want to say thank you to our buddies tim and larry because they played along and uh, mentioned the quote-unquote good times they were having. I think Tim Gather <laughs> took a picture of his fist, and he was like, you know, something like, want to throw this game out the window or something. So I uh, beat the game. So I finished the first season, um, actually uploaded it to YouTube. Um, I finished the first season in an hour and 20-something minutes. Um, driver points were 129. And wow. the second, uh, second <laughs> driver points for Team Frenzy was 50 was 57. <laughs> so huh. basically doubled more than doubled their driver points. Jesus. Um, and then season two finished that as well. I haven't recorded that one yet, but I'll, I'll get to that. 
Uh, but yeah, finished one and two, got first place in both season one and season two. Um, la- I lapped a couple cars in several races because again, w- once you get out in front, you know, you could really go. The key, I'll tell you, to making this game really, really easy, if our, I, mean, I shouldn't say really, really easy, but much oh, yeah. easier. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, no, I'll tell you, is <laughs> if you work on those first two, first four tracks, say, right, really work on those first four tracks, you can get to the point where you can get the Madonna car for the fifth track. So then you've got like 11 tracks where you're just, you're in first place. You're going to qualify pretty, you know, in the top three, you just get out in front and you stay out in front. So there's like really nothing that's going to get in your way the whole rest of the game. And then a couple times, I haven't done it recently, but a couple times I remember as a kid, I could get the Madonna car after two races. So I can challenge him with the crap car you get in the beginning and actually beat him in track one, which I did yesterday. But that second track, I don't know how I did it, but you can actually beat him in that slippery track too. get the Madonna car for track three. And then you're just, you're gone by that point. So if you can master his first handful of tracks, it, the game becomes almost just a, Look a at chore. Look at disgusted with himself. He's shaking his head. No, no. <laughs> what I'm disgusted. What Zach just basically said is if you're really good at this game, then you can be really good at this game. You know what? <laughs> but you know what, though? I will tell you, and I'm going to say this right now because I'm going to say it again during our, our next game because I can tell you right now I'm going to be going crazy for this next game is that it's kind of that's kind of true. It's the same thing with the, the genre we're going to play next. It's like. If you're doing great, you're going to do great. If you're doing bad, you're going to, you have no chance in hell. There's no in between. There's no in between. Yeah. I, I think you can tell from the, from the room, if you will, the virtual room here, like this is, this is a game of extremes. If you've got it, you got it. And if you don't like three of us, you get nothing. <laughs> All right, guys. My last question. Would you play Super Monaco GP again? Alex? Mm, no. <laughs> JP. Yeah, I think I might play it again. There you go. Good Don't boy. lie. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. Zach, of course. Uh, Dustin, there's no way. There's a snowball <laughs> chance as hell I'll ever pick up this game again. I'm going to probably set this probably maybe the first one of that we've done that I'm going to sell because I'm just wow. tired of looking at it. Really? I'm wow. So, I hate this game so much. I mean, it, what's here's what, what I'm disappointed by it. It's a quality game. It's so it's well made. I want to like it. I love racing games, but it's just unbelievably frustrating. And it, I don't have enough years left in my life to dedicate <laughs> any more time to this. Wow. So wow. I, oh, it hurt me. <laughs> it <doesn't. laughs> this game, this is the first game that I was just angry at Zach for picking. Like, I'm just like so mad at him. Like, I'm like, I think he sold us a bill of goods here. He, he pretended like it was a, oh no, this game's great. You guys will have a great time. And then just, just put us all through the ringer. Okay, you, Dustin, you, got, you got to get into the groove here. Okay, <laughs> that's right. right. This yourself. game was no holiday, that's for sure. <laughs> oh. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on to the crazy collectible this month. Yeah. JP, what did you find out there in collectible land? Nothing. Next, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. A bunch of broken cartridges. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So there's a re-release version of the Sega Genesis cart that was labeled a Mega Hits series. Uh, I don't know much about this release, but it seems that it came out around 1997 along with a re-release of some other Sega hits like Sonic 3, Echo the Dolphin, and uh, Vectorman. Hmm. Um, right now, there's a complete copy of this version on eBay for around $300. Woo! And, yeah. Yay. Tell me about it. And this includes a flyer for the Mega Hits series. Wow. So it was like 97. So did that one come out in like in a, was it in a hard case or was it one of those cardboard boxes that came out later in the, 
No, it was one of those cardboard boxes. The The later Genesis games didn't come in the uh, plastic cases. Well, yeah, that kind of explains why it's so high, right? Because the complete in box for that would be a little bit harder to come by, right? Oh, yeah. no, definitely. I mean, you know, the, the funny thing about this is that, you know, the, they were probably mating, making it this way to save money, which, of course, they did. But then you find now that it's probably not as many out there. So now this becomes more collectible than the original game that came out in the plastic card case. <laughs> oh, totally. Okay. Yeah, and that must and that must have come out a couple of times because I you, you mentioned that mega hit one. I saw one was like the Sega Classic series, which was like another like an I guess an earlier re release. Um, and then there was like a I think there was a Sega CD compilation that had this on there too. And so you guys can go out and collect all kinds of copies of this game because I know you guys want to. <laughs> oh please, well, I one of collect them all, to burn them, <laughs> collect them all. Uh, <laughs> he's gotta he's gotta collect them all anyway and light them on fire afterwards all right guys now now it's time for our retro game giveaway we've got an original copy of super monaco gp i'm sorry uh for one of our listeners who shared something with us on social media this month's winner is bob p who posted on yeah. facebook zach why did we pick poor bob p to, to poor subject to this bob game p. <laughs> no he's he- it's like, yeah, we're going to send you a copy, Bob. He's like, can, can it's I a threat. Yeah. Uh, well, Bob P has been a frequent poster on our Facebook page. He's even shared some ideas on how we can make our podcast better. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, he seems like an all around good dude. And as you remember, Bob was the guy who predicted his own victory early in this episode in the memory section. <laughs> He's that right. brilliant. He, he called it. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations, Bob. You got yourself a copy of Super Monaco GP. In a case signed by the retro game guys, and it's probably going to stay in that case. Congratulations, buddy. All right. Woo! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right, guys. Now it's time to talk about what game we are playing next for our next episode. Um, I don't know why I'm allowing Zach to talk about this part because uh, I'm I'm angry at him, but go ahead. Share what's coming up. This better be good. Yes. Um, So here we go. (laughs) So our (laughs) our next game is based on a request that we recently got from our buddy Blake or at sore thumb collector on Instagram. So he observed that we have never covered a side scrolling shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. The closest that we got was Galaga way back in episode number three. Uh, but that was a single screen, like vertical shooter. And so I've, I've resisted this genre for a long time. I've That's heard right. you guys have like brought up a couple of times. Hey, how about we do this game? I'm like, uh, uh so uh, we decided that we are going to go for it. We're going to do a shoot 'em up. And we were going to play the Konami classic Life Force for the NES, which came out in 1988. It's one of the best space shooters on the NES. Awesome power-ups, huge bosses, great music. Uh, And it was part of the late string of 80s Konami hits like Contra, Castlevania, Jackal, Blades of Steel. It's in that class. So it's, it's right in there. Oh, good. Those are all easy games, too. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, you, you know, you're not lying when you tell the, the listeners that you literally have shot down every yeah. game like this yep. before because yeah. you're Pun definitely afraid here. of them. No yeah, joke. Shot them and, down. Well, totally. and I think we were going to play Gradius, and you're like, no, that game's too hard. <laughs> so let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm putting on the list Gradius sometime this year. Well, I want to play is- that game. I know yeah. this is a better version of that game. I know that that's yeah. why you want to play it. I want you to play a worse <laughs> version of the game because I'm going to be playing Gradius there starting now. I'm going to learn it starting now. Well, that's what I'm going to beat you at. Well, I'll tell you, you, you got a chance. Let me let me tell you why here. I, I You're right. I do suck at shoot-em-ups. Uh, I do have, this is the genre that I have the most trouble with. I've never beaten Life Force with three lives. Um, so yeah, the, the, door's, the door's totally open. 
for you guys. Right. There you um, go, guys. In you fact, it. it's not just open for you guys, but we're opening up for everybody. So we're going to try something new this episode. We're calling it hashtag beat retro game guys. So I want right. you to play along with us. I want you to try to beat our scores. Uh, but here are the rules. So number one is you got to play the game with only the three default lives. So no Konami code, you cheaters. Um, <laughs> take a pick of your final score. Uh, post it with a, a hashtag beat retro game guys and uh, tag or at mention us too. So we see it and uh, feel free to comment on how your playthrough went good, bad or ugly. We want to hear it uh, in our next episode. We're going to mention all that participated in the, our, or all, all who participated, sorry, and uh, share your comments as well. Um, so the winner gets bragging rights and to sweeten the deal, we're going to throw in a $20 gift card for the system of your choice. So hashtag beat retro game guys. Um, guys, we're going to get scored here. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played a side-scrolling shooting spacey game in a while, but I do remember liking them. There's one for the links called Gates of Zendikon that I really enjoy playing. So yeah. we'll see. I have to got to pick up a copy of this one, though. This game is oh, great. Oh, boy. Maybe I, <laughs> yeah, hopefully you can get it shipped in time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cheap. It's like a few bucks. And um, but no, this game is great. And the cool thing is it's got the Konami code, so you can get 30 ships. Um, and I'll tell you, the one reason why I love this game, and I'll, I'll say this in the next episode, too, is when you die, you don't start over. You actually, your ship reappears where your last yep. ship was and you just keep nice. going. Just keep That's going. a nice. huge, huge pet peeve of mine on like, you know, on, on uh, shoot 'em up games is you got all these weapons. You're doing so great. You touch one little wall and then there you go. You got to start all right. over again with your like default weapons. So this game's a little bit more forgiving in that sense. And it's two okay, cool. simultaneous. Right. So that's cool too. pick, uh, pick a friend and get crazy. Pick somebody who's already in your house. Nobody stay at home. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, all right, guys, I'm looking forward to it. The, the, the different genre for us, and uh, you know, I've, we've been stuck in platformer land for a long time, uh, as we've talked about late '80s, early '90s video games, mostly platformers. So, it's nice to have a couple of break them up here, a sports game, and now um, even if the, we didn't enjoy the sports game, it's, it's a refreshing difference. Uh, and then uh, side scrolling space shoot 'em up. That'll be fun. I enjoy. All right, it. guys. Yeah. You know, you enjoyed it. <laughs> don't get me started. We're about to wrap up here. I, I don't know. I've said my piece. All right, guys, let's wrap up with a recap of this week's Super Monaco GP rankings in fourth place. And uh, just giving up on his, on his whole deal there about half the season. I feel pretty good about it. I, you know I, what I, I did I prob- do? I did stay in the middle of the racetrack letting people <laughs> ghost cars pass me by. Alex was, uh, Alex hey, was standing, standing behind the Zero Force race trailer with the Playboy model. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's Mr. Alex in fourth there. In third place, JP, surprising the heck out of Zach for sure and myself as well. Just did, couldn't get it done. Uh Second place, me. I don't know how. I <laughs> this game was so, <laughs> didn't take much. so terrible. It didn't take much. Apparently, I placed a couple to eleventh uh, and twelfth, and now we're, that gets me all the way to second. You're in a hot streak, uh, dude. That's the right. Second. <laughs> or, or, or second and second. That's right. Second and second. Two, two back to back. But yeah. such such wild back to back second places, but such wildly different experiences. <laughs> where last last month's was my first ever time beating a game on this podcast, and then this is I could barely finish the season but i got second uh and very very far uh in my in, in i'm very far in zach's rear view because he's first place by i don't know probably 700 laps <laughs> zach not only got first but you crushed us this time i mean absolutely crushed last last uh, month's game it was very close i think i was within three thousand points of you or that something was, that was too close for comfort there that last one but this was an absolute drubbing 
as you might say. So congrats there, Mr. Zach. Thank you. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for our Super Monaco GP episode. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and it makes you want to crash yourself right into a sign. Uh, For the retro game guys, Zach, Alex, and JP, I'm Dustin saying game on. Until next time, friends. Zero Force! Opinions and views expressed on the Retro Game Guys podcast represent the views of the speaker alone and are not the views of our employers.